Let us journey back in time, th friends, through the mists of games present, through to the halcyon games of days past. Uh, games past. I was in the middle of doing this bit, and my yeah, cat literally headbutt. My cat <laughs> headbutt the microphone, and it pivoted away from my face. Yeah, well, that's what how she do. As we as we journey back through the through the mists of gaming history to revisit. Okay. One of the most hallowed, a uh, 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 hallowed entry in one of the most hallowed PlayStation franchises of, of all time. Oh, I'm okay. talking, of course, about Gex Two: Enter the Gecko, starring Dana Gould. That was like a really long walk for that joke. Yeah. I don't know if it was worth it, babe. Oh, and you know what? Turns off, turns out it was Gex Three was Enter the Gecko. Gex Two was uh. Some other shit. So just absolutely <laughs> nailing it. Yeah, oh, just fucking killing it. Hi, everybody. This is I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host, Brandon Bagg. And I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato, and I would like you to know that the cat that headbutted his microphone was Kentucky, not my perfect son, Gil. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Gil, Gil, wouldn't, Gil wouldn't do that. Um, but our guest today is uh, the host of the Rules and Rolls podcast. Um, you've also maybe heard his name once or twice on uh, Mabim Bam, uh, and he is now a man freed from the prison of Yahoo Answers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Davenport. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I came to talk about Gex. Yay! Ah. Oh, all right, finally. Break out the Sega Saturns, because we're starting at the beginning. Gex, 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 Gex. So how did, how did you Gex. get involved with Dana Gould? <laughs> uh, um, you know... I, I, uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> I, for, you know, I started off as a Gex fan and it just bloomed from there. That's how he got into jam bands too. So who's he to yep. criticize? Oh yeah. There it is. <laughs> uh, honest to God, my neighbor friend, uh, when I lived in Texas, when I was in like first, second grade, had all the Gex games on his PlayStation. And I was just like, oh my God, this game is so funny and amazing and hilarious. And he's doing jokes. Um, I wonder if those games hold up. Who knows? If you like references to Barca loungers yeah. and um, like infomercials of the early 90s. Yeah. Bert Lahr. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> definitely go. It was definitely a game written by um, a bunch of old men. Yeah. Dana Gould. <laughs> yeah. A lot of lot of vaudeville jokes. In that. Oh God, yes. Yeah. So so much of the humor in '90s video games was vaudevillian in nature. <laughs> There you go. But before we get into uh, this week's topic, which is not which is not, not Gex, <laughs> no, it is uh, Saga Frontier, Sorry, the classic uh, Square uh, JRPG from the height of Square being the best at JRPGs. Nineteen ninety-eight, baby. I think. Uh, yep, America ninety-eight. I could have made that up. No, you you nailed it. Ninety-eight in America. Ninety-eight. There you go. <laughs> Because it actually came out before Final Fantasy VII, I think, maybe, or after. I don't, I don't remember. Either way, but before we get into that... I'm sure it did come out before or after Final Fantasy VII. That's fair. It would have pretty, had to. Pretty sure it's... <laughs> well, seven, 97 is the, one of the best years in video games, so I'm going to say it's after Final Fantasy VII. That's fair. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk about all that. Yeah, no, we'll, 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 we'll get there. Um, but before we... Uh, take on that saga let's go through the new frontier of things we're into this week shall we if anybody has one that's great if not i can go first you can go first i do have one this week but you can go first all right the uh, the thing i'm into this week is uh i'm teaching myself blender 
which is uh, a like open source or not open source free, I guess. Uh, uh, 3D like modeling and uh, imaging and animation tool, uh, you know, it's the equivalent of like Maya or uh, whatever it is that like Pixar uses these days. Maybe Maya, I don't know. I haven't watched a Pixar behind the scenes in a decade. That's a lie, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I haven't watched a Pixar behind the scenes that was made in the last decade. I've watched old ones certainly. Yeah. Say, let's let's choose our words correctly here. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> but yeah, I was I I decided to start teaching myself Blender because I had been doing so much music work that I really just I like just needed to stop doing something that involved my ears for a minute and like hmm. learn something new. So it's like, oh, that seems pretty easy because like it's it's artistic, but I don't have to know how to draw because like I'm terrible at. at drawing and writing things with my hands it's like what i've spent the last like three nights doing just like following youtube tutorials of like you know how to make a weird neon tube or how to uh you know how to do neon text or uh, how to make gex and it's uh it's been it's been real fun um i had tried to learn it before like seven or eight years ago but only on a laptop without a mouse so it was just like trackpad and like it oh it was a it was a mess it was the worst possible way to try to learn how to do that but now my setup's more ideal um and it's really it's been really fun to just like start from scratch essentially on something that i don't really know anything about uh and like i've been i've been surprised at how how easily I've been able to pick it up by just like watching quick little YouTube videos or like, you know, I did a four part series last night on how to build a a little radio and then how to like light it properly. So it looks, you know, like it's an ad from the fifties, but it's, it's been really fun and and really neat. Um, and also just a tremendous time suck for, uh, my, you know, not workaholic, but just like I can fall into just, a hole and do a thing for eight hours and then suddenly oh god it's five in the morning and i'm uh only halfway through this computerized donut i've been making he did make a donut i watched yeah i saw i saw some of it then he's now he's been making an old old radio like a transistor radio yeah nice and like a like weird doctor who time tunnel but the tutorial i was doing it off of was from a slightly earlier version of blender so one of the tools i needed wasn't there so it just looks like uh oh is that the ghost shirt the what the ghost shirt remember i walked by and i said nice ghost shirt because i couldn't tell if it was a ghost or a shirt but that's the only thing it looked like oh oh (laughs) no 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 uh yeah i i had uh i was doing a little thing to drop a sheet onto a ball okay so it was a ghost then yeah, it was, it was basically if I cut a hole in the sheet, yeah, it would it would have been a a, a ghost. Oh, spooky. But now now I've just made a thing that sort of looks like uh colonoscopy footage on a Nintendo 64. Oh, cool. Great. Not gross at all. Nope. 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 No, nope. it sounds perfect. Yeah, right, Drew. You know, it's I, it's I, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I came to talk about games from 97, 98, so it sounds amazing. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say you should uh, you should uh, uh, put that on Twitch. People have been 
been using Blender on Twitch. It seems to be a popular thing. I would be terrified. I would be absolutely terrified for anyone to see work I do with my mouse or hands or anything. Anything <laughs> but my voice. Please don't look at me. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, it, it, it is sometimes <laughs> nice to just like just be a voice and that's all. There you go. I could be doing anything right now. Yeah. I'm not. I'm here. I'm, in, yeah. I'm holding I'm holding a pin and just being here. But it's fine. You don't know. I could be sculpting right now. Oh yeah. That was there was there was some pin Gillette interview I heard from years ago where somebody asked him like how he manages to like not get nervous on like big like business calls or meetings with like famous people and stuff like that. And he's like, Well, I take every call in my basement, nude in front of a big like anarchy symbol that's painted in blood on my wall. So, uh, but I don't tell anyone this, uh, and it's so I know something that they won't. So I'll always have the upper hand, which is fair, which is totally fair. I love this some fucking psychopath shit. Oh yeah, no, I'm pretty sure Pinjuet's a sociopath. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> what what are you up to, Beth? Um. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, mine isn't actually that long. It's just that today they announced that uh, on day of recording, not day of release, uh, that they announced they're going to do a third psych movie. And I'm very happy. That makes me happy. Oh, That's all. They announced yeah, that today. Congratulations. And it's going to be cool, too, because the last one was like right after Tim Amundsen had like just recovered from his stroke. So like it was about him, but he couldn't be in it very much. And he was like mostly in a hospital bed. Or, like, sitting. Mm. But he's, like, a great part of that show, and I, I'm i excited. There's going to be a third. There's going to be a third one. And it's going to be mostly about Gus, and that's really cool, too. Dulé Hill's Red. Uh, in, in case people don't know, what's the, the quick, quick D- TLDR on site? Because it's, like, literally your favorite show. <laughs> it is. Like, I know we make jokes about how DuckTales is your favorite show or whatever is your favorite show. Or, um, uh, or Snowpiercer is my favorite show. But, like, literally, it's your favorite show. It is. Um, it's it's uh, early 2000s in the, uh, like, blue sky period of TBS. Uh, it's a guy who's, like, super, super smart and uh, just kind of basically a burnout like not not really not a burnout he's just a joke he's immature whatever and he starts he because he's brilliant he was like trained by his dad who was a cop uh he keeps solving crimes by like watching the news and then calling in tips and then that ultimately like puts him on the cop's radar they think that he's committing the crimes so instead he lies and says that he's a psychic um and then it's like eight seasons of him pretending to be a psychic detective working with the cops solving crimes running around santa barbara that's really vancouver uh (laughs) with his best friend dule hill uh it's early 2000s upon every rewatch there's some stuff i find more and more problematic but it's always mostly just the language and way that we treat women uh more than anything that's the thing that 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 sends up a red flag for me you know 20 years later but uh other than that pretty good isn't it fun to go watch watch the old things and realize that they were bad things mm-hmm. see this see, the thing is i still think this show is very good i mean i rewatched it last year even um i don't think it's any more i don't think it's any more of it's not even offensive it's just like very objectifying towards women but like it it, mm. it works with the shitty character he was playing you know he's like a 22 year old dirtbag like yeah okay he's shitty towards women. like in a way that, like, I found annoying that, like, oh, 
I found annoying, but not like in a way that made me not appreciate the show. I don't think it's any more objectifying of women than anything else shot in the past, you know, how long have we been making film? Uh, Since at least the 70s. Yeah, like I don't I don't think that it's exceptional. I think it's of its time. Um, but the later seasons are, you know, later and there's less of that. And then there's two movies, both very good. I think they're all on Peacock, actually. Uh, and Peacock is the one who's financing the new movie, too. They Yay. financed the second one. They put out the second one, and they're putting out the third one. Well, they Peacock comedy. Okay, yeah. But I don't know when it's going to be out. I didn't read that far, because uh, if they're announcing it today, I'm assuming it's going to be a while. They had one of the best pieces of Comic-Con swag I've ever seen, uh, which is at their Those panel. Those sunglasses I wanted so bad, and I didn't get. Oh, no. I, I Oh, the pineapple ones? No. They just had regular bright green ones that said psych, and I wanted them. Oh, I remember those. They were getting handed out by girls who hang out on, you know, Fifth Street in hot pants, handing shit out. Right. Yes. No, it was was from uh, one of their their panels one year. Uh, They gave out t-shirts where the photo was uh, that uh, Rolling Stone cover of Janet Jackson, I believe, where she's nude and holding her arms up in the air. And then someone uh, is yes. behind her, uh, covering her breasts with their hands, and it's black and white. Um, and it was Dulé Hill and James Roday uh, recreating that. And that T-shirt was their uh, their their giveaway at their panel, which is amazing. I don't think I ever saw that. That's really funny. Oh, it's it was very good. Well, that's what I'm into this week. That just that gave me some joy today. What about you, Drew? Anything you're into lately? Yeah. Sort of. It's not really this week, but it's been it's been a while. Um, I record in my garage, uh, which people who know Rules and Rolls probably know. Listen to it. I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to like the last day of a estate sale, and it was mm-hmm. for the cinematographer who's worked on a couple television, mo- uh, TV shows, movies, stuff like that. And uh, I've always wanted to be into the old CRT gaming scene. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the old TVs from uh, like radio stations and uh, TV stations that are those HD ones. So my garage is full of them now. Uh, <laughs> I've turned around for the mic. Sorry about the sound. But uh, I got about two, four, uh, six, eight, ten, twelve, twelve of them. They're little. But uh, the problem is I've had them for like three weeks and I have not had any time to go through them. <laughs> Uh, then I figured out that all of them needed cable that I don't have, so I had to buy adapters. And uh, I also got his like collection of Betamax films and okay. these things called. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't have a Betamax player. That's something I'll have to do. I like who does. Well, I like old media. I like old formats. I have a collection of like uh, not on DVD VHSs and and weird like after school specials because you can't find them anywhere. Just from thrift stores and stuff. It's like Hell yeah. a little little side fun thing I do. So now I'm filled with Betamax tapes and BHS tapes and and uh, uh, Super Eight metal cassette tapes. And my computer right now is sitting on a Sony video cassette recorder for Umatic. Um, Umatic are these gigantic VHS tapes that they used to load onto uh, like news. You know, you ever seen like in the '90s, like Nightcrawler, when they had those big uh, uh, oh, cameras yeah. and they had the giant three and a quarter tapes. Like I'm, 
It is the VCR. It needs like they're thinner. They're thinner than a normal VHS, but they're way wider. Yeah, they're nice and wide, and I got a ton of them. Right, so I bought. They just gave it to me at the estate sale. They're like, "Oh, you came three days late." Well, nobody wanted this stuff, and I was like, I told them. Well, I kind of like this like found footage stuff because a lot of it's behind the scenes. And they're like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please go through it. Now, I had to go back in the middle of the night and dig through their, their giant dumpster because I didn't grab the Umatic machine when they just don't exist anymore. They're not even that expensive, but I had to carry this thing, which probably weighs 80 pounds, to my car. <laughs> and then I had to have my roommate help me set it up in the in the garage. And that's that's my life right now. I'm surrounded by tiny TVs and a bunch of tapes I need to watch it with no time. So, uh, Damn. yeah, that's what I've been into. Not, not quite full Ozymandias mode just yet. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, no, uh, my some of my co-hosts on Rules and Rules have mentioned that I'm going to have a panap- uh, that uh, panopticon so I can watch uh, all the anime I've missed over the years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's 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 what I'm going on. I gotta. I'm, nice. I'm recording on the the thing right now. So there you go. Speaking of uh, speaking of uh, multi multiple options for visions, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Saga Frontier. <sighs> Ugh, that's better than most of the ones you do, motherfucker. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was it was really good. It was really 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 good. Uh, so, so not gex- at all in tone for this show. Yeah. So let's gex down to business. No, yeah. back into the hole we go. Okay. Back in the game, baby. Back in the game. Okay. So yeah, Saga Frontier, Drew. Yes. Hi. Uh, tell us. Uh, a tell little us bit. how it's not just Octopath Traveler, <laughs> or how Octopath Traveler is not just this game. <laughs> I will tell you that Octopath Traveler is just this game. Um. Okay. okay. That's, uh, that's when I fair. was looking into this, I was like, "So isn't 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 this just Octopath Traveler? Is it is it this what Octopath? Did they just copy this game?" Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just it, Octopath. It's, yeah. it's kind of a copy of this one and the whole series. They've even got eight characters now. They do the remake. <laughs> yes, we'll get into that too. Uh, but yeah, if you played Octopath Traveler and like, man, I wish the graphics were way worse. Hey, I got the game for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, Saga Frontier. All right. So for those who don't know, what is the TLDR on Saga Frontier? All right. Saga Frontier is a game that was made by Squaresoft, which is now Square Enix. It used to be called Squaresoft and then Square for like a hot second. And now it's just Square Enix because they merged with Enix. Cool. Enix makes other good RPGs. And it's good, too. Uh, let's get back to the, the important things. Okay. Saga Frontier is, I believe it is the... Let me see. Ba, ba, ba. It's kind of hard to tell which... like. There's a lot of games in the Saga series, but some of them aren't called Saga. So... Helpful. I can tell you that Wikipedia says that technically it is the seventh Yeah, game. okay. Okay, good. The seventh it game. It is the seventh name... It's the seventh named game to have the Saga name on it. Yes, because the first two are called... First three are called Final Fantasy Legends, and they're for the original Game Boy. I have one and two, and they are a very... Um, they're very interesting kind of RPG, early RPG, because it's, it's like... It's a... Some of the Saga games have this, like the after Final Fantasy Legends, it goes to this uh, romancing saga, which is one, two, and three, and then it goes to um, 
there's one uh, after that, and then it goes to Saga Frontier one. So they have this thing where you. Oh, just... I didn't realize those were related. Oh, okay. Yeah, the romance. And it was. This was meant originally to be four. Yes, this was going to be saga... Romancing Saga Romancing four. four. Yeah, uh, all these are made by uh, Atokoshi uh, Kawaza... Kawazu. Uh, the reason why this is like the coolest. I don't know. I think I love this little tidbit. Uh, the reason why Saga still gets kind of like re-released and a remake and all that stuff is because Kawazu still works at Square Enix. <laughs> so uh, somebody mentioned this, like whenever it comes up, like, hey, what games should we focus on from the past? He's like, oh, I know one, the games I made, uh, the ones I directed and published and created. And we're like other games like the Chrono series and uh, like some of the, the ones that are people are like, God, I wish they do something. It's like, well, no one's at Square Enix that kind of cares. That's why Sock Frontier gets a remake, even though it never did too well in America. Um, yeah, it was definitely one of those ones that, like, you'd hear about in hushed tones from people who are really into JRPGs. Yes. Um, and as someone who is, like, a, like, dabbler at best in JRPGs, it it was always one of those games that was like, ooh, I should, I should get to that eventually. It's, like, really, really good, but... Uh, I have no way to play it, so who knows? <laughs> well, if you got it, but now it's been released on Switch. Turns out Wikipedia was actually accounting for those games with a different name. It is the seventh game, mm-hmm. including those first three. It says the Final Fantasy Legend, Final Fantasy Legend Two, Final Fantasy Legend Three, Romancing Saga, Romancing Saga Two, Romancing Saga Three, and then Saga Frontier. Yeah, uh, the Romancing games are are very Super Nintendo, um, but they do the thing that the original. F- uh, Final Fantasy Legend version did where you can pick a party of like four at the beginning and you create like you get to choose their stats as you start. It's kind of based on D&D a little bit. That was the idea originally. Sure. And nowadays like they don't do that anymore and it's kind of helps the flow like in the modern games and we'll get into this later that's not happening. And in Saga Frontier that doesn't happen either. You have to go out and find your companions and stuff. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into the the game. How did you find the game? Was it something you played when you were younger, or was it something that you uh, found later in life? Or well, uh, when I was younger, I had a PS One, and I had Final Fantasy Seven, and I had like that and like Star Ocean. I had some RPGs, but my friend had like everything, and he had Saga Frontier. And I'd go over there and play it and be like, God, I wish I had this at home. And so it it kind of snowballed when I was a kid that this game was amazing because I never had like access to it on my own. I could only play it snippets of it at his house. So it was actually your Gex. It was my Gex. That's, you know, that's what I think about things like I'm like Saga Frontier, the game that's probably my favorite game. It's my Gex, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> it was my Gex. Um <laughs> yeah, so that happened, and then when one of my local game stores shut down, they were selling loose discs for like $2 each, and they had a really damaged copy. It was a Funko Land, if you remember that. Uh, uh, really, ah, yes. Yep. Really damaged copy of Saga Frontier, and I was able to play it. Um, some quests I couldn't access because of how damaged it was, but uh, oh, no. I yeah, I played the heck out of it. So yeah, let's uh, let's now talk about uh, about the game and what 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 about the game 
uh, spoke to you, like the gameplay or the story or... Let's talk about it real quick. At the beginning of the game, you get to choose a protagonist. There are seven in the original, and they added the cut one um, in the remake they just released to bring it up to eight. Originally, there was supposed to be nine, but the ninth one was way different than anyone else's. Like, Yeah, I saw that it said it was cut because it was too funny, and I yes. thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was a comedy <laughs> one that had to do with a fortune teller, and... You don't, and it's like, ugh, it they they cut that character out of the game and their storyline, and there is no reference to it. They didn't have to do anything else. It was like this side storyline that kind of fell over. Like, all the other ones, you can kind of get like, oh, these two characters, they can meet each other. And, and that one was kind of encapsulated from what I've heard. And it was supposed to be a comedy, and I guess it didn't work. <laughs> it was just like a weird tonal shift from the rest of the game. Yeah, some of the, Too weird. Yes. Some of the, some of the, so there's some comedy in the game, but it's mostly just straight up adventure. That's sort of what I've heard about the, the new Yakuza compared to the old ones is that this one is basically just like a new story and also a real weird and hilarious. Uh, I have the new Yakuza. I haven't played it yet, but I did play the original on the PS2 and that game was awful. Uh, so (laughs) (laughs) I, I like what I've played of the, of, of, uh, like a dragon, but, uh, I fell into the uh, like business running simulator and then spent eight hours doing that and then uh, decided I'd beat the game when I bought a Ferris wheel. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yakuza. I, I need to get put more time in that. But instead of that, I've just been playing Saga Frontier for the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You know. But yeah, you uh, you start the game off picking a protagonist and some are like, I can go through them real quick if you like. Yeah. You pick a different character. Uh, you can pick Red. Who, yeah, it's just named Red. Uh, who has a superhero storyline. Uh, you could pick Acellus, who's got, like, a... That one's, like, the fan favorite, because her storyline is real wild and has a lot of branching choices you can make and even some uh, LGBTQ representation, if you choose to, which is, like, oh. crazy for the time. So that's cool. Uh, then you got Amelia's, who is a supermodel, who's at the beginning opening scene. It's a, a minor spoiler. Husband is murdered, and then you become a revolutionary to try to hunt down the murderer. Um, you could be T two sixty, yeah, T two sixty G. Get it, girl? Hell yeah, uh, she's great. Oh yeah, it's all it's, it has very um, girl gang vibes because like the first four characters you meet are all women and you break out of a prison. It's fantastic. Hell yeah. Hell yes. I almost picked her, but I went with blue when I started briefly yesterday. Yes. Uh, Let's get to blue. Blue is my favorite. Uh, Blue is a magician who has a twin brother named uh, Rouge. I always said it was Rogue when I was a kid, but it is technically Rouge because blue and red. Ha ha ha, Rouge. Um... (laughs) So you have to go through all the regions, and we'll get to that later, and collect all all the magic. And once you collect all the magic, you fight Rouge at the end. Which, ironically, there is a red as well, right? Uh, There is a reference to the fact that there is a red and a Rouge in one of the storylines of red. You get to, (laughs) you run into blue, and you're like, hey, can you join me? We're going to fight these uh, sky pirates. And Blue's like, yeah, let's do it. By the way, what's your name? And he's like, I'm Red. It's like, I'm not helping you. 
I don't like your name. And he shuts the door on you. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's, that rules. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, then you got T260G, who's uh, a robot. That's one of the races in the game is uh, Mech. And they have this awesome yeah. yeah they have this awesome ability that when you kill a mech you can um absorb their power and you can either get a it'll either reset like it'll recharge your hp and and wp which is like mana in this game and or you got a small chance to recover a program and some of the programs for the mechs are just like oh you can evade bullets and then some of them are like pop night where tiny versions of you will shoot out of your head and rain on the enemies like bombs. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's some wild that rules. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Uh then you got Loot and Loot is a interesting character um for this game because you can go to the final boss of Loot's quest in probably 8 minutes. It is a complete blank. Like if this game this game kind of like bases everything on this thing called the like the free scenario system where it's almost an open world game like it really is there's except for like reds reds is pretty linear for a long time everything else is i mean for the time it's basically an open world game oh yeah it, it is it is an open world game i i it, you know these days it's hard to think of a 2d open world game but it is an open world game and like loots is just that you can go to all the regions, which are all the different lands you can fly to, um, and, like, that's it. You don't have to. If you go to one place and talk to one person, they're like, hey, do you want to avenge your father's death? And Loot's like, yes, and you go right into the final dungeon. Damn. Yeah, so it is an interesting, and, like, most of the characters have special characters you can only get with that playthrough, but Loot is only the one character. <laughs> T260G gets a ton of robot characters that you can't access through like Blue's playthrough. Um, there's, I forget, I think the number is like there's 31 or 41 other characters that you can pick up in the game, but certain characters can't get them. What is this, Chrono Cross? Uh, it's right up there. It's right up there. Chrono Cross got a beat, but then nothing compares to Sukaden. So there we go. Yeah, fair. <laughs> JRPG talk, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, none of this compares to Balin Wonderland. Oh, that's true. With its <laughs> hundred characters and one button press. Listen, it's a fun game for kids. We can't talk about that. <laughs> um, and the last character is Ricky. And uh, Ricky is a... He's called a Lummox. It's a monster. One of the monster races. That's what they're called. One of the races in the game. Uh, the races in the game are human, mystic, robot, monster, and... Acellus, which is half mystic. But the monster ones are cool because the way you level up in that is when you fight a monster enemy and they die, you can absorb them into you. And when that happens, you can change your form. They'll look the same out, out of battle, but once you're in a battle, they'll take on different forms of the monsters in the game. And that's how you level up those monsters. Like if you stay with one form, you will never get stronger. But every time you change it, you get a new ability. So... It's an interesting little, like, five ways to play game on seven different scenarios. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like there's just, like, the sheer amount of both, like, customization you can do and, like, characters you can play. And the fact that, like, it's very much of its designed of its time where it just does not give you any fucking 
guidance whatsoever. It's just oh. like, well, here you go. Oh, yeah. When I like when I first beamed into uh, wherever uh, Blue's story starts, I was just like, all right. I went to the nearest building, uh, and then the guy at the counter was like, oh, where do you want to go? And it was a list of like. 10 places including New York and Magic Kingdom and I was like what uh okay and then I was I just realized like oh I can just travel anywhere now Mm -hmm. uh thankfully on the the Switch version it gives you at least a little bit of like hey maybe go this way oh good which is very helpful uh like anytime you go onto a new screen there is a a little arrow everywhere you could possibly leave. Yeah, they had that in the original. They had that in the original too, but uh, with no indication on how to turn that on. Oh, cool. Uh, you just had to press the select button, but if you never did that, because you never really would on the PlayStation, you'd never find it. Cool. Oh, helpful. Cool. In Japan, when it was released, a secondary guidebook came out to go with it called The Essence of Saga Frontier. Because there's so many... Like like the monster thing I told you about on how to level them up and like how to do it. There's nothing about that. You don't know that that works like that. Like there's tons of little things and little character bios that are just gone from the American version. Yeah, I love it when I love it when a game just doesn't tell you how to play the game. You know, speaking of Yakuza. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fair. You watched so many videos. <laughs> when I first played as a kid, like that was a thing. Like I'd been playing. I could play it for a while and then discover something brand new and eventually i bought the guidebook like i have the brady brad uh, brady yeah brady game strategy guide sitting right here and like even that doesn't tell me everything that like the guidebook in japan i they you can find it online translated now and there's a ton of stuff in there that's just not anywhere else and all of these all of these games from around that time were like so dense with stuff like, yes. like Final Fantasy VII is the one that I put the most amount of time into, and that one is just, like, full to the brim of, like, weird little side shit and, like, mini-games when there didn't need to be a mini-game and, like, all of these cool little things that you could explore that that felt like, I don't know, it it, it they felt, like, really interesting compared to, like, now where you're just thrown, like, a million icons on a map, you know, and Assassin's Creed says, go for it. Yeah. Ubisoft method. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas, you know, this game would just sort of plunk you down and be like, all right, go for it. Figure out what's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which rules. See, I think I would actually really enjoy this game. I just, I didn't get, I might download it. I might download it. It sounds very my shit because we've also well documented that like Chrono Trigger is my shit. Uh, so like, conceptually gameplay wise i'm into that yeah although brandon started playing it he downloaded it and started playing it the other night yeah i heard you got you got a little stuck well so he tells yeah i wasn't there when he was playing it but then later i was talking to him and i was like oh uh he he told me the premise and he was like yeah i started it and like i don't know the first thing i had to do i got stuck in this like laser maze and i didn't know how to get out of it (laughs) and so i asked him i said oh okay so did you quit and Start as a different player. He goes, no, well, I quit. <laughs> yep. Well, now you got to go back, man. <laughs> yeah, I really want to. I, uh, we've got a bunch of flights coming up, and this feels like a perfect flight game. 
Uh, let me throw out some tips really quick for some early uh, starters. Uh, go to Karong, which is like the Hong Kong back alley world, which is pretty great. Great music. If you go there, you can go to that airport that you were that you land at, and if you go hit other, you can go to an entire another page of locations that you can't go to from anywhere else. Whoa! Huh. So there's double what you saw, and then actually some of those locations. If you fly to there, you can fly to other places only from certain locations. Wow. If you're playing as Blue specifically, he has an item called the region map. And what happens is anytime you go to a different region, you unlock that in his map and you don't have to use the airport anymore. You can just fly there by looking at the map. I love the idea that a <laughs> video game's fast travel system has connections. Yeah. I guess, you know, it is an early, early fast travel system. I didn't even think of that. That's exactly what it is, because you can use it anywhere. <laughs> and he's the only character that gets it, because I honestly think he has to have it because of story reasons. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of, later on in his mission, he goes to uh, some of the more, in the in the game, you can collect different magics, sort of. Like, they're called gifts. Gifts with a T. Sorry, not gifts. Um, no gifs. No, no gifs here. Gifs. No. And so you get like there's there's always opposing. Ver- there you go. Opposing <laughs> versions of each one. Like there's a light and darkness. There's um uh there's one mind and the bot uh, the opposite of that is called evil magic. Uh stuff like that. But like playing as blue, you gotta just kill some magicians sometimes, and then you'll be stuck in like. <laughs> the realm they were in so you have to have a map uh story-wise to get the hell out of there but uh one other thing i want to bring up that is my probably my favorite part of this game is when you learn new skills so all of you have different weapons you can have your fists you can have a sword you can have a gun because it's not a fantasy game it is set in some weird fantasy slash modern slash new york uh yeah universe right yeah there's even a casino level uh if you want to go to that's pretty rad but and the magic kingdom the magic kingdom is yeah it's where blue can't go you're not allowed to go there's blue until the very end um Ugh. but it's it's very quaint there uh the the twist at the end is he rolls up and the the haunted mansion is closed oh no that would be mm-hmm. i mean i could tell you his twist at the end but i don't it would be a pretty big spoiler but the game is 20 years old. I would like to know, but I will give our audience the out. Yeah, I was going to say, it is 20 years old, but it has also just been re-released and remastered. So it may be new to some people. That is the only reason I would put a spoiler tag on this. You can tell us. We're just telling people right now. Maybe skip forward a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put down the, uh, I'm gonna put down the spoiler Dunkachino. Uh, so I'm going to play Dunkachino, and after that it will be official spoilers, and then you can come back when you hear Dunkachino again. It's not a joke, unfortunately. I know. Nope. Hit it, Dunk. Wow! Dunkachino! It's not Al anymore! It's Dunk! Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do! What's my name? Dunkachino! It's a whole new game! Dunkachino! You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend! Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, who are light? This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl, I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino! Dunkachino! 
Blue, uh, at the very end of the game, you have to duel your twin brother, uh, Rouge, as I've said. Uh, doesn't matter who wins, because one gets absorbed into the other one, because you weren't uh, twins, you were separated at birth into two different entities, because a, a magician can only have one side of the gifts. You can only have light or dark for any uh, magic. So you have twins... And then combine them so they have all magics. Oh. And then you go and find that out and go to the Magic Kingdom and confront them for what they did to you as a child. And the devil has attacked the kingdom. And you have to go into the bowels of hell uh, where everything looks like heaven, including the monsters are all angels, until you fight the devil, who's a giant dragon. And right in the middle of the fight, the game ends. Boom. That's it. Okay. And it's not even like, there's a lot of stuff that was cut that was put into the remake. And I think they fixed Blue's ending, but it's originally supposed to do that. You're in the middle of the fight and it just says, Finn, and it goes to black. It just like Sopranos you? It does. It's like the end of Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) The first one. Like nothing happens except it pauses and says Finn. And that is it. The enemy doesn't like die. You have to put a certain, it's like you beat it, right? You put a certain amount of hit points on it. So it, it triggers it. But that's it. And that was supposed to be how it ends. <laughs> like, oh, I don't... What a cock block of an ending. That's so funny. All right, get Dunk back in here. Don't mind if I do. What's my name? Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, hua, lucky light. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl. I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17. Lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. Dunkachino. All right, we are now uh, out of the spoiler chino section. Real quick, I've completely missed what I was going to say about skills. Um, you have certain uh, moves, like for fighting, you usually start with punch and kick, right? So if you use punch enough, you'll you'll all of a sudden, a light bulb will appear above your character's head, and a new skill will, will work out, and you get to use that from now on. And collecting those is so, like, that is the fun part to me. Like, finding all the sword skills, and like, they go wild like flying through the air and if you have a certain sword they're technically katanas and not regular swords and they have their own like super like moonlight cut skill sets and and stuff like that and um i know i'm gushing about this because i love it so much but the uh the fighting the hand-to-hand if you collect enough of them you get a move called the dsc the dream super combo. That's what it's called in America. In Japan, it's the dream suplex combo. And then you just use like five of your like high end hand to hand fighting moves on one enemy in a row. <laughs> it is so nice. I love the, that setting. And you do the same thing with guns, except at the end of, you don't get, they don't um, show up until the end of the, the, um, the fight. And then you'll see like you learn bound shot. And when you shoot it, it shoots all over the screen, and then hits the enemy. And uh, that's the same with magic. And then with mystics, they can absorb uh, monsters' DNA into their hand, their foot, and their head. And it gives them different abilities under each one. It's very, it's a lot. Like, it's crazy how much it's a lot. 
God, this is one of those games that feels like I get why you've been playing this thing for 20 years now. Like yeah. there's just so much stuff in here and it's all so different and so esoteric that like yeah. it feels like there's a game in here for kind of everybody if you if you have the JRPG bug, which not everyone has, which is fair. Yeah, it's very JRPG. Uh it's it's not a lot of menus, but it's some and then it's just you have to I will say this uh, it almost feels like Final Fantasy VII came out, right? Beautiful, crazy 3D, looks bad now, 3D world. And then Saga was like, we got to put everything in this game. Like, we got to put everything in this. It ain't, it ain't 3D. It is pre-rendered backgrounds, which I love, and 2D sprites. And they're good looking. I love the look of this game. Me too. There are some excellent, like, certain characters get to go to certain places, like I said. And there's one level... After you get high enough magic and arcana or rune magic, you get to go to the realms of the time magic and space magic. And space magic is run by a unicorn uh, named, I believe, <laughs> Kylin. And the level itself is a fun house made of candy. Wow. Okay. And like you were like bounce, you're like bouncing on cupcakes and like crawling over chocolate covered pretzels and stuff. Holy shit, this rules. Yeah. It is uh, way different than anywhere else in the game. And then if you go, if you play a Celis' storyline, you get to start in the Mystic Kingdom, which is beautiful, like gothic, uh, white lilies stained with blood and green glowing crystals everywhere. Like, yeah, there, there's, there's some, like, sometimes it's Manhattan. Sometimes it's like <laughs> the bowels of hell. It's kind of fun. Sometimes it's New Donk City. <laughs> It is very you go yeah it's New Donk City you go to a mall and then sometimes you go to a a, a secret desert base. Is it the story of these characters that keeps you coming back, or is it the gameplay, or is it some kind of combination of both? Because they it seems like there's both sides of it are so deep that it could go either way. I mean it it's just kind of like a comfort game for me now to be honest. I know it so well. Um, I still. Like, I still get excited every time I see a skill pop up. And people have gone through and, like, gamed out how it works. Like, oh, use this skill this so many times and you'll definitely get this one. I don't want none of that. I don't want to know none of that. No, I want it to be random. And I want to all of a sudden unlock, like, you know, wheel slash. You just want to feel the game. You want to have yes. a guide if you need it. But you want to feel yeah. the game. Exactly. Like, yeah, the guide is more like, ooh, some, some, uh, something to do with Saga Frontier. I have to have it. Because uh, there's not a lot of merch out there for Saga. I have a shirt off Redbubble. Um, you know, no one get no one who made the game gets paid. Yay! But it's also the only place I could find anything. Yay! Small victories. Yay! So it's that, and it's like storyline wise, Red's storyline is pretty fun. Acellus's storyline is really good. Um, some of them are like Blues basically doesn't have one, but if you want to explore. That's a good one. If you want like complete freedom, it's blue, or not blue, uh, loot. Loot's got like complete freedom, and red starts off kind of like okay, you're you're a member of like an airship, so you go from place to place. You don't get to choose, right? But that's a great way to start the game. Like if you want to see these regions that you have no idea what they are, like why would I go to uh, you know Earpro or Bacharach or Singpro? Like you can just. Go play Reds. He'll take you there. Oh, and uh, 
when it comes to like story beats, there's one I think is I mean it's a fan favorite character. Uh, you can unlock a mermaid that joins you. Ooh, yeah, the mermaid is like locked in a basement in this abandoned mansion. Or no, she's up in a bathtub. And if you're a mystic or have a mystic character, she will join you because she's like a water mystic. Is she down there with Vincent? Uh, it's it's oh yes, it's very Vincent in the basement. Uh, it's it, they changed the the lights from all like you know normal colors to everything's blue and black except for the giant squid you have to fight. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of little story beats. I I will say it suffers from some things uh, that are they're a thing back then. Like not all the dialogue's great. Translations a bit off. Uh, they fixed that I think in the remake or the the re release. I will say there is a ton of cut content and some of it is like, hey, what happened? How did I ha- have this happen? What what does this mean? What are these words this was one character saying mean? Oh, all of it was cut. Oh, okay. This whole level was cut? Oh, okay. All right. I understand. <laughs> like, I'll tell you, there's one part in uh, in the Mystic Kingdom where there's this giant volcano. And you can go and talk to it. And it says it's the spirit. And that was just, there's a whole bunch of stuff there that was just cut. Uh, there's a biomedical research lab that you can go to for no reason to, except to get one little character who's like a ferret named Cotton, who is rad. Uh, but that was all cut as well. So now in the remake, they've, or the yeah remake, it's a remake. They've expanded all that stuff and they added the eighth character, which is Fuse. And he's a member of Earpro, I-R-P-O, which is Interpol pretty much. So you can play as, like, a secret agent now. Yeah, that was about the only genre that wasn't covered story-wise in the rest of the game. Really got it all. Got it all in there. There is, uh, I, I will say there's there's no pirate, but you can go to a pirate stronghold, so don't think that you can't. <laughs> oh, cool, 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 yeah. cool. Somebody, somebody's probably, like, fan-hacked Guybrush Threepwood in there or something. There you go. Everyone needs some Guybrush. We put on uh, Twitter that uh, if anyone had any questions. Oh, yeah, did you get any? I got two. Well, one's not a question. Uh, I got one. That is usually what our friends do, yes. Yeah. So the the sequel to this game, Saga Frontier 2, is way different in like every single way. There isn't multiple, there's multiple protagonists, but it's done in a timeline where you jump from person to person kind of. And the fighting system's completely different. It still does the like, oh, you learned something. But instead of learning it like, through so many attacks, you can do that. There's a weird dual system where it's like, all right, put together a punch and a kick and a, a stab and then use wood magic. And then that makes an, a move. So it's, but the it's, it's different and it's not, I don't like it as much, but I will say it is a beautiful game. It is. If you haven't seen Saga Frontier two, you have to look it up. It is all done in watercolors or it has a watercolor style of 2D, and it is pretty gorgeous. It's one of the most beautiful games on PS1, I would say. Oh my god, yeah, that is really pretty. Yes. Wow. It is a, its storyline's pretty good, it's really, some of it's pretty normal, and then later on it gets cosmically out there. Um, Sure. Yeah, it's one of them. But uh, I wanted to talk about that. Uh, I think the reason that they switched to that art style was because... They knew that the Saga series wasn't going to get the kind of budget that like Final Fantasy VIII got and stuff like that. So they wanted to have something that was visually striking, but that wasn't 3D. Sure. And like the the graphics in Saga Frontier are fantastic. It's absolutely gorgeous. The combination of like 
the kind of Final Fantasy seventy like pre-rendered backgrounds and like objects and stuff, and then the you know pixel art characters is is really it was like the height of both of those things uh, as art forms, and really it feels a lot like uh, Mario RPG down to the music too. Oh yeah, music's great. And Mario RPG was my first RPG, which is probably why I like Saga Frontier so much. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It definitely looks very similar. Um, God, that game still holds up, too. I beat oh, that for the first time a few years ago. Absolutely. I love... Uh, I'll come on uh, I'll come on again for Mario RPG. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Hell yes. And the other question, I gotta bring it up. Uh, uh, I gotta bring it up for my friend Whitney. Uh, Xenogears is a great game as well. Um, it's for the PS1. Super unfinished. Had to cut a lot of it because of uh, the religious context of it. Uh, yeah. If you want to find another game for the PS1 that's uh, square, soft, that was viciously cut. Like, the entire second disc is done in, like, interview style uh, flashbacks. <laughs> Like no joke. Uh, so that one's good as well. Oh, it was it was that Whitney that it was uh, it was Whitney who's been on the show twice. There you go, <laughs> Whitney. Whitney has uh, done two episodes with us: the uh, One Direction and Clone High. They are absolutely a friend of the show. Yes, I've listened to the Clone High one. You bring Whitney and me back on for Xeno Gears uh, Extravaganza, and we Ooh, won't, hell yeah, you won't be able to talk. Um, <laughs> we will. So actually, that was mentioned in the one that we did get on Discord, which I wasn't going to bring up because it's literally impossible, was the uh, the smart answer we got from the Discord was, can we get a ranking of the big franchises, Chrono, Xeno, Final, Saga, Mana, and Dragon Quest? Oh, that is good. And that's not possible. Yeah, it is. It's cool. <laughs> it's real easy. Saga on top. Now and forever. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> no. Um, saga, I, I, saga. I, I mean, yes, yeah, Saga, yes. You know what? Final Fantasy is sitting on top for too long. And uh, I don't know. I don't really care for the Dragon Quest games, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know anybody who does, but he added it as like a secondary uh, and Dragon Quest. So I was like, oh, somebody plays it. I, I see that they omitted Star Ocean. So, you know, I don't know how I feel about any of this now. Well, there you go. There you go. There's my answer. Saga, then final, then Star Ocean. <laughs> there you go, Will. Drew, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today uh, on this uh, Sogcast. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I liked it. Good, thank you, thank you, Drew. Thank you, Drew. Um, if people wanted to find more uh, Drew Davenport content on their internet, how could they do that? If you'd like them to, you could also tell people to fuck off. We've definitely had people have that as an option. No, more eyes and more ears. Listen and look. Listen and look. Uh, <laughs> Gaze upon the Davenporter. Yes, there it is. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at the underscore Davenporter. Um, something I haven't really talked about except on my Twitter is I started an Instagram called the underscore Davenporter's memory card where I post pictures of my uh, collection of video games that I've painstakingly Ooh. kept and bought at thrift stores forever now. Um, so you can go on there and look at all my insane games I have, and you can always listen to my podcast, uh, Rules and Rolls. We do one shot and one sheet, hopefully, uh, RPGs that are usually hacks and lesser-known artists like 
we like indie RPGs and we do them over two sessions. We do a gameplay and then we do another episode to talk about it. And we just hit our one year anniversary. Congratulations. What, uh, what day of the week do those drop? Uh, those drop supposedly every, uh, they drop twice a month and those are on the second Monday and the fourth Monday, I believe. But uh, I will say the schedule is a bit tough because uh, the episodes are a bit long, so they take a nice chunk of time to record. But you sh- that's not true of all of them. Some of them are quite short, and some of them have to do with um, certain Mabim Bam bits that got made into a game. Uh, <laughs> try that out. <laughs> uh, if you want to find uh, more of my mess, you can find me across the internet at Hell Yes Brandon. Um, on all of the things, I've got some music on brandonbeck.bandcamp.com uh inkblot is all over uh we're on soundcloud we're on the youtubes uh with some live stuff uh we're not playing gigs yet but hopefully you know gigs will be giggable uh soon god i'm i want to play shows so bad um but yeah i think that's that's basically all my all my stuff these days uh beth what about you yeah, as always, you can find me all over the internet at Scores with an underscore at the end, B-E-E-S-C-O-R-E-S with an underscore at the end. But the easiest way to find me is to follow the podcast online. You can follow us at at IntuitPod on Twitter and hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. If you get any mileage out of that, you can just search. I think you'd be into it. Um I don't really got anything else to plug uh, because I never do. Uh, And, you know, no, I mean, I work (laughs) on a lot of stuff, but not stuff that like is mine to plug. Like it's like plugging your job. Though actually the show I worked on last year uh, is about to air, but I'm sure his shit not plugging that. Thank you as always to (laughs) Kalen West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. And thank you to Indiesaurus for having us on the network. You can check them out at Indiesaurus.com. There's a great discord community that you can join as well that we have a channel on and all the other great shows on the network have a channel on. Um, Yeah. Check them out. Check out the other shows. That's uh, all I got. It's all my plugs. Drew Davenport. Thank you for joining us on this uh, journey into the history of 90s JRPGs. All that being said, Saga Front over. (laughs) 